we lift you up on high. When you're high and lifted up, you draw all men unto you. And so, Jesus, we exalt you this day. We thank you for blessing us to be here in your presence, to have fellowship one with another under your word. We thank you so much for that. And we commit ourselves to hear your word. Our hearts are attentive, our minds are alert, our spirits are awake and eager and and hungry to hear your word. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Um, So today we're going to tell you how to help yourself to faith in God. Just help yourself, okay? Help help yourself. Take as much as you like. Help Help yourself to faith in God. God, ma'am. Um, in Mark eleven twenty three, uh, this is the really the essence of what uh, Jesus was saying to the disciples. And I was I have been seeking God about uh, several things uh, recently, some to do with me personally, some to do with ministry um, things, and and so uh, He had me go back into this scripture again. How many of you know you can go back into it every day, every day, every day, and get something new? If you go in with God, He'll show you His mind. His mind has so many uh, great things. In it, in it to help us, and so as we're able to understand, he reveals those things to us. And so <clears throat> it says here in verse 20, Mark 11, starting in verse 20. Um, and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So there was a fig tree there the day before. Jesus really, I'll take you back there in verse 12 in in Mark 11. On the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find something upon it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of the tree hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So the next morning when they get up, they're astonished to see that that tree that he just spoke to the day before is already withered. Now why is that? Well, they they know how to chemically kill trees, but it takes a while, doesn't it? You poison the soil around the root of the tree and it takes a while. That tree has to absorb the poison and then it will begin to wither and die. Other than that, you have to chop it down, but that doesn't get the root of it, does it? So if you want to kill the root, you have to poison the soil and you have to wait a period of time for that to happen. That's important. It's a very important concept for us to understand that what God curses and what he abolishes and what he calls an end to, it's done when he speaks. Immediately when he speaks, these things take effect. It doesn't, it's not like God said you're delivered and it'll take a while before you get delivered, really. You know, I mean, it's done immediately. And we need to understand that because there are so many things. See, we, we think we're in faith sometimes. We think we're in supernatural faith, but really we're in, in looking. We're in the natural. We're looking at things. We're walking by sight. We're walking by the appearance of things. We're making our decisions based on the appearance of things. We make them based on people's reactions. 
two things and two us and all this kind of stuff. If you base your marriage on how you re- you react to your husband and how he reacts to you, y'all ain't going to stay married long. Marriage is a faith operation, folks. That one was free. <laughs> well, I don't know what's wrong with him. He all acting funny and stuff. That brother's funny anyway. He ain't just acting funny and funny. You married a funny type brother. You just not noticing it. Oh, whatever. I'm just moving on here. But it's very important to understand the power of God's spoken word. You got it? Because that word is activated in our lives by our faith in it. And it's active the minute we believe it. It's not active when we see something that looks like it might be coming to pass. We got to stop this, you know, and start understanding what faith in God really means. So the fig tree really represents something God despises. It really wasn't the time for figs, but Jesus was thinking this one might be producing out of season. Because all the ingredients were there. Everything, all the ingredients, you can plant plants you know yourself. And they'll say germination time for the, the seed is this at summer, early, some late. They plant at their, their, they produce at their own rate. And many people say this tree represents Israel, the nation of Israel. That was uh, scheduled to receive the Messiah. The Bible says he came to his own, but his own received him not. So most rejected, but there was a few that got it ahead of time. You understand what I'm saying? So the the general consensus throughout Israel was that Jesus was not the Messiah. But there was a few of them that caught on. They listened and they were able to produce fruit for the kingdom early. Because all the conditions were right. They just had to be put together. Got it? You know, things grow in us because we're hungry for them. Anytime we produce, it's because we make a decision we want to be productive. We make a decision you don't want to be productive, you won't be productive. And so there are many times when people will get uh, hungry for God and they'll run off and they'll win souls and do all kinds of things you know it's in in the average Christian doesn't operate that fast but these people kind of get it and go off and God doesn't stop them because it's in them to do it he's released them to do it and so it's that kind of situation here where it's an individual choice that we make to to be on fire for God or it's an individual choice that we make to produce for God but when we're not productive he has no use for us so he just puts us out of commission gets us out of the way make room for something that will produce that's that's how his kingdom operates and so Peter calling remembrance in verse 21 said to him master behold the fig tree which you cursed is withered away you cursed you cursed you cursed Jesus answering said have faith in God in other words have faith that God does these things have faith that it's God's power that I use when I speak have faith that God is the all-powerful one who is capable of doing these things and when you put your faith over in him 
then you'll have the same results that he would want you to have. Or you'd have the same God results that are promised to you. You have the results that God's word promises you because you put your faith over in God. So what he's saying is help yourself to as much faith in God as you want. He said not just for this tree. He said my goodness if you just think about it help yourself to God's faith. Look at what you can do. And he said whosoever shall say to this mountain. He said I just cursed a tree. That's one little tree. He said you can remove a mountain if you put your faith in God. And he says if you say to this mountain be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart. But believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. You can have whatsoever you say. So you can do the same thing out of your mouth if you put your confidence and your faith in God. And what you're saying lines up with God's word. What has God's word told you is true for you. What has God's word told you about your health, about your body, about your finances, about anything in life. Whatever he has told you, if you will believe that and put your faith in God. Just help yourself to as much faith in God as you need. Do you need faith to move a mountain? Is there something standing in the way of your blessing? Is there something standing in the way of your children making progress? Is there something standing in in the way of you getting a property is there something standing in the way of anything that you you can you can have enough faith in God to remove that that can be removed just by trusting God so just dive in there and believe God for whatever you need believe him for the best of everything believe him for the greatest of everything just help yourself to faith in God and he says if you believe your own words will happen And you have trust that God will bring it to pass. It'll happen. Got me? Not you bring it to pass. Not your good behavior bring it to pass. Not your keep confessing the word bringing it to pass. But God will, if you continue to believe and trust God. Where's your trust? You know, this nation was founded. Our our nation is a, a protest nation. This nation was founded with a purpose to protest tyranny that that was found in these monarchies in Europe and where where these people came from. They were ruled from dynasties of of people. Some of them were smart. Some of them were crazy. Some of them were infighting in the family. You woke up one morning, there was one family on the throne. The next morning, somebody else was. The people were sick of it. And so their protest was to make one nation. They say, you know what? We want God as our, we want God in charge of this nation. So that in God we trust put on the money was a protest against putting the king's name on there and the king's face on there and all this other stuff. And so when you say your confidence in God, that's a protest against confidence in man, in natural things, and that's your protest statement. I have faith in God and I'm helping myself to as much as I want of God and as much faith as I can grab in God I'm grabbing it so I'm getting more faith more faith more faith in God because I can get as much as I want Jesus said help yourself to faith in God you can curse a fig tree you can move a mountain you can move people you can move laws you can move circumstances you can move everything with faith in God 
just get God's heart and his mind about it and partner with him in it and you can move anything out of the way that's standing in the way of it I was talking to somebody about partnering with God in their business in their everyday affairs and I'm thinking that's the best thing you can do but you gotta make him a full partner you can't be the sole sole proprietor when you feel like it and partner with him sometime you got to be full in this thing you got to be all in and you can't be afraid of God you can't run from God you can't when you mess up keep messing up because you don't want to face God with it he knows everything and he still wants to bless you I don't know why and you don't know why but he still wants to bless you anyway he still wants to help you he's still your father he's still there for you Period. So that relationship is never marred and damaged. It might be estranged, but it's still there. The roots of your relationship as a son and daughter of God are still there. They're still there. You're still tapped in. You're not disinherited. You're not kicked out the house. You're not anything like that. You're not being shunned because you get stupid. Now, you can be as stupid as you want to, but God still loves you. He loves the, the, the crazy and the, the lame and the maim and the halt and the blind and the insane children. He loves you through your religion and your craziness. Your, your fads that you go through. You know all that stuff. He loves you through all that nonsense. So let's get it in gear. Start putting, showing some love back. Put your confidence and your trust in him. Stop the nonsense. So we have to accept the truth to have faith in God. No, this is, we have to believe that whatever God despises is gone from our lives. What did, what did Peter say? He said, look, in verse 21, the fig tree that you cursed is withered away whatever's cursed is withered away whatever is cursed in your life is withered away disease is cursed poverty is cursed unemployment is cursed insecurity is cursed being threatened to have something taken away from you is cursed all of that stuff what does that mean to wither means to lose its vitality it's lost its life it's lost its power it's powerless against you it means to be lifeless so disease is withered oh but you don't understand no but you don't understand yeah I'm sick of listening to people and their lame excuses about their unbelief you know everybody in the flood died because they didn't believe God they could have easily believed God but they let Noah's faith pass judgment on them instead of hooking up with Noah's faith you see somebody building a big boat you need to hook up with that dude I don't care if it's never rain I don't care what the situation is anything that big you need to hook up with that dude but what did they do they saw evidence in the natural that God was up to something they knew Noah was a godly man but they're so used to laughing at him see there's going to come a day when all the people who are laughing at Christians now and trying to get us to change God's word on homosexuality and all this stuff they're going to be knocking on the door of the boat and they won't be able to get in 
Because our living for God passes judgment on tons of people every day. They can get in the boat, but there's a limited amount of time for everybody to make the right decision. God's not going to contend with you forever. So when disease is withered, it has lost its moisture, life, and vitality. Just like a plant that you don't water for a long time. The life force in it dries up again. Can it be brought to life again? You can believe it into life again. Trust me, there are saints that die of disease every day because they withdraw their faith from God and plug it in to what they see in the natural. You know, God is, is not going to override our faith. We have a, 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 a way to put it where we want it. Now, he'll help our faith. You got me? Once it's in him, he'll help it to stay there. He does everything he can to encourage your faith in him. But you got to make the decision to put it there. So Jesus says, help yourself to as much of this faith as you want to. This is yours for the asking. We must accept this truth to have faith in God. You have to accept that anything God had against us is no longer against us. No longer forever against us. Whatever was against us before is no longer against us once we put our faith in God and we enter covenant with God. This covenant gets stronger and stronger and we're able to walk beyond the life we used to live. It's just it becomes a withered shadow. It's just dust. It's something. It's a shadow of the past. It has no substance or form anymore. So when something is withered it has no substance and form anymore. So we have to accept this truth that God is not against us anymore. In order for us to live free of the encumbrances of the curse of sickness and poverty and, and losing your salvation and all that kind of stuff. You, you mess around with the devil enough. And he'll get you convinced you're disinherited. He'll get you convinced. And you just throw up your hands and go back to sinning or go into some new sin or quit resisting. So if we believe God is against us or desires to be against us, we won't put our trust and faith in him because we don't think it's reliable. Right. See, if we think God changes toward us because of something we do, we won't be inclined to trust him with anything. You think he's got something against you. You think he's, you know, oh, it just says that in the Bible. Well, that's not really true because, you know. And so we have to understand what God's word means more than what it, what our our failure to keep our end of it. You got me. This is this is how we interpret our failure. We we always believe failure deserves to be punished. And so when you got that judgmental thing in you, you got that punishment thing in you. Uh, it, first, we give it off to other people. We always want to judge other people, and they, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, don't put people in a box because you got the. Remember, you built that box. You got all the materials and the timber to build it, and you build it big enough for yourself. Usually, you wind up putting yourself in that box. So it's good to forgive others. Let people be free. You be free. And just, you know, make your business your business and leave people alone. 
So in verse 22, Jesus says, have faith in God. In other words, help yourself to as much as you want. Have as much of it as you desire. And this is a promise spoken to individual hearts. This is not something that depends on what the other Christians are doing. This is something you do between you and God. You have as much faith in God as you want to. You know, you can go to people and tell them that you're believing God for this. And, and well, you know, you can't do what well, God didn't speak that to everybody. He spoke it to you. And if you received it as truth for you, then, then go have, your, have it between you and God. My advice is don't be trying to spread your faith too thin. You know, going speaking out of season, out of turn to other people. Just allow yourself to have that between you and God. I remember uh, there was a young woman I used to, uh, I had seen her testimony a couple times on the 700 Club. And she, um, I think she had been, she had, she had come from Vietnam uh, and was adopted by an American family. This was back in the 80s. She was getting to be an adult. And over there, they, they would abuse young girls terribly. I mean, it's, it's coming, more of it's coming to light now, but it's, it's been bad in a lot of places for a long time. And she was raped as a very small, like a toddler. And when she got older, she developed a lot of, uh, a lot of problems with her internal organs and, and stuff like that. And they had told her that she would never have children. And she said, uh, she said, but when I got adopted, she said, uh, my Christian family prayed over me all the time and we went to a really good church. And they were like main mainline people, like a Presbyterian or Lutheran or somebody, so, yeah, something like that. And um, she said, she said, and, and God promised me that I would get married to a kind man and, and that I would have children. And she said, and I realize a lot of my Pentecostal friends mean well when they tell me I should confess this and this. You know, they tell her, oh, you know, you got to say this and this. She said, but God's already spoken to me. I know in my heart what God's going to do for me. She said, and I hold on to that she said and I totally believe God you know so it's not for other people you don't have faith in God to spread it out and show people you know and, and let it be challenged by people's other people's unbelief because this girl's holding on to faith they want to put her in works and lose everything put her back in works so you can start getting stupid and saying, if I don't do this, God won't do that. And if I don't do this, but if you don't believe God, if you don't believe God, and those acts are not born out of faith in God. So believing is the most important thing. And there are corresponding actions to your faith. You got me? There are corresponding actions to your faith. So Jesus tells them, help yourself to as much faith in God as you desire. You can move mountains with it. You can uproot evil laws with it. You can uproot thieving bosses with it. You can, you can uproot thieving employees with it. Drug addict employees who take advantage of their health insurance policy and keep keep taking drugs over and over again i remember back in the day if if a man was an alcoholic he lost everything and that was what motivated a lot of people to quit drinking now we got programs see that enable people 
And AA started out as a uh, program where they would, your sponsor would pay for a hotel room for you to stay in until you dried out. And they would come and check on you and make sure that you didn't have seizures and bite your tongue and, you know, suffocate. But you went through withdrawal. And they wanted everybody to go through that as a, a, a reminder when you got ready to take that drink again. If, unless you wanted to go down that road and stay down there, you'd have to go through this all over again. Now that we have government intervention and alcohol programs, we allow people to have drugs to take so they won't want alcohol. So most people don't take the drug because it makes them sick when they take a drink. And so all of this nonsense that people get involved in. Oh, but this is compassionate. This is stupid. Because the success rate is too low for it to be compassionate. Jesus' compassion had a 100% success rate. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Amen. He healed them all. There is nobody that he didn't heal. Why? Because he was moved with compassion. Compassion has the strength of God behind it. And it knows it can get results. And it will get the results for you that you need. So when we put our faith in God, he imputes righteousness to us. And this is what Jesus is talking about in verses 25 and 26. He says, when you stand praying, forgive. Hmm? If you have ought against any, that your father also. This is a covenant that is dependent upon you maintaining the imputed righteousness through forgiveness. You can't go around spouting off bitter, angry, retaliatory, getting even with people, upset with people, taking them to court because you don't like the way they do things. You can't do that. You can't do that. You got to be a loving, kind person because that's you over there you're mad at. You know what I'm saying? Most people looking at looking at it so hard they see themselves in some way. And if you see yourself, you ought to be even more forgiving. So he says, if you have ought against anybody, I don't care who it is. You know, your kids, parents sometimes get mad at kids. They don't realize that's hindering your prayer. They feel justified because the kid's been disobedient. But none of this stuff is justified. Your father in heaven will forgive you if you don't do this. If you don't do this. If you don't do this. So God will hold that until you come and make it right with him. You got me? He holds everything up until that's done. He said, I don't even want your giving. Because you got something against your brother. He said, go leave your gift at the altar. Go make it right. That's so important to God. That is so important to God. Your your fellowship, your heart condition, whether you obey the commandment to love and, and to extend yourself to people. Make it easier for people to be around you, to love you back, all that kind of stuff. Don't manipulate people. You know, sometimes people just goofy. They see they can get somebody's attention and they want to play it for all they can get. You understand what I'm saying? Don't milk people. 
You know, just be the kind of person that's straight up with people, love people, and and just treat them right, and, and don't be so cunning, thinking you know how to keep people around you and all this kind of stuff. You don't want to be around people like that. They they sap the life out of you. You know, take your brain when your brain's gone. <laughs> take the stem, take the little stem, the little nerve, pluck your last nerve, and you know, some wicked people out here. So when, when we put our faith in God, he imputes righteousness <clears throat> to us. And we uh, and this causes, now righteousness really is where you want to be. You want to stay in right standing with God. Because this is, is what's seen in the spirit that causes the death angel to pass. Causes the sickness angel to pass. It causes the suicide angel to pass. It causes the curse doesn't come because of this righteousness. So it's experienced in ways that, that there is an ease where certain things will come into your life. It's no struggle. It's no, it's no doubt. No tension. It's just that you remain faithful to God. You remain believing God. You don't look at the natural to get any kind of ideas to add to anything. But you remain believing God. And then things get added to your life. They come into your life with ease. Now you might have a, 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 a wrestling sometimes with your faith. Where the enemy will come and try to pull you off. He'll try and distract you. He'll tell you it's delayed because he'll use reasoning. He'll use all kinds of things to get you to withdraw your faith in God and put it over into the natural. But what happens when you take it out of God, it's no longer righteousness to you anymore. You're in unrighteousness because you've withdrawn faith from God. You're putting it over into what you can see now. And so you slap yourself and get back over. You speak the word to yourself. You say, you know what, God, I've been stuck in a standing around here looking for something you promised me instead of believing that it's coming you got me and expecting it and anticipating it so that's how you have faith in God you expect good you expect healing you expect your symptoms to go away you expect these things to happen so faith becomes an expectancy of God's performance in your life that's what righteousness is. And I'm going to tell you, when you're not in righteousness, you doubt God, you don't expect anything good, you go moaning and woeing and all that kind of crazy stuff. It shows. <clears throat> this doesn't mean immediate resolution of problems. See, faith is a walk. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. You know, if it were immediate all the time, you'd be living by sight. Got me? So God walks you out. He walks you into it. Sometimes what you are expecting from God, it's real to you because faith has substance to it. And it, it, you sense that it's a reality that you're expecting but you don't know how far down the road it is I know I've been there I know some of you have been there where you'll you'll worship God and think about something and it's like it's going to happen right away you because you've touched it with your faith you've touched into the realm of the spirit where it exists already 
See, you're not creating anything with your faith. Uh, you're not. These things aren't not there. They're there. They're in a different form. They're not in natural form. They're in supernatural form. You got me? When God said let there be. He wasn't just thinking up. He wasn't creating something. It was already in him. What he saw. And when he spoke the Holy Spirit. Met his words. And it came together in manifestation in the natural. So he's not making it up as he goes along. So we, when we walk by faith. We're not feeling empty inside. Like we're just out here hoping it's there somewhere. There's a substance to what we, we're holding on to it's real because it, it exists in the realm of the spirit it's a supernatural man, uh, manifestation it's manifested already out there what you want it is brought into the natural so your natural man can enjoy it and participate in it your money has to come into the bank before it can pay a bill. You got me? All of that stuff. There has to be a natural manifestation as well as the supernatural manifestation. If you know it's there in the supernatural, you know it's got to show up in the natural. So don't ever get discouraged once you perceived it. By your spirit and you perceived it in the supernatural realm. Don't ever get discouraged because it's, it's there. Your faith has made it. And so there's a time for release into the natural realm because it's it's you know it's it's due to come. And so we have to we are compelled to have as much faith in God as we need to have. Well. Sometimes it will be an immediate manifestation. We'll have those times where we know it's there and we know it's coming and it's going to be soon. Faith is a walk and it's a relationship. See, God's much more interested in how long you can hold on to something and trust him. Well, aren't you? When you find somebody to marry, you you better be looking for somebody who's in it for the long haul. You're not looking for somebody. Well, I just don't, I don't care if the marriage lasts or not. I just want to be married. Now, that's real stupid. That's real stupid. Nobody thinks like that. You don't go make all these commitments and buy stuff together, move in with somebody. Once I know your size, I love you. I'm committed then. If I ask you, what size shoe you wear, Miss Juan? I mean, we in love. And that's not going to change. Okay? You can't keep all these facts in your head for casual relationships. Come on now. Unless you a stalker. Yeah, check yourself where you wreck yourself. So God has relationship in mind. He has in mind walking with you every day. Talking to you every day sharing ideas with you sharing his plans for your life and what we have in mind is usually stuff Amen. see we the hoe he the committed one because see we give up on God in a minute go you know go to the uncle auntie whoever we used to borrow from all that stuff we do that in a, a New York minute if we don't if God ain't moving fast enough for us and that's wrong 
You made a commitment to him that he's the only one. He's the one and only for you. We need to act like it. Don't go rifling God trying to see what he's got for you. If don't come soon enough, you all mad. And mad at God and then get religious. Well, I don't know what I could have done wrong. No, you really think God ain't going to give it to you. That's what. That's a cover up for that. I sure wish I knew. No, you don't. You don't think you're wrong. You think God's wrong. When people say those things, they're just ruminating, ruminating, instead of getting back over into faith. Recognize you stepped out. If you've got doubts, you've stepped out. You need to get back in where everything's wonderful. And you know it deserve it has nothing to do. You just feel free to receive from God. That's righteousness. When you feel free to receive from God. God wants us to uh, draw from his kingdom within for our life. He doesn't want us to be people who are always looking at what we're going to eat, what we're going to. He already told us, he said, carnal people do that. Heathen do that. People who have no God are concerned about, you know, they're scrapping and fighting for everything, worried about where they're going to get food from and, you know, all that kind of stuff. He said, I don't want you to live like that. He said, I want you to live like that. No, I I can remember when we were first married, my husband would get embarrassed by certain things. You know, when you when you marry somebody, you've got to, you know, represent. They don't want somebody just, you know what I'm saying. And so he would say, he said, baby, why don't you do so and so and such and such. And I realized what he was saying was he'd feel more comfortable if I were to do certain things in a certain way that reflected that he was my husband and I wasn't out here by myself you know trying to trying to make my own way in life and all this kind of stuff and so everybody has that they all have that in relationships and so God has that with us he wants us to to be content no matter what our situation is knowing that it will get better with more trust in him you got me as we continue to trust him our situation will get better and he wants us to act like it's optimum when it's not act like you're in the best situation that you can be and so he gives us the fruit of the spirit to live off of we got spiritual fruit to draw from we can draw we can get peaceful we can get content we can we can draw from anything so he wants us to live more from this thing within than we do from without because the minute we start looking without then that gives the enemy opportunity to manipulate natural circumstances to deceive us into thinking that God's not faithful or God's slow or he's not going to do this for me it's not going to work out and all this kind of stuff all this doubt that we express would not be there if we stay focused and stay plugged in realize God wants relationship well God I'm not going to worry about that I'm not going to mention that I'm not going to be upset about it I'm just going to be content right here and show me how see this is the thing we try to do it without him helping us when he wants to be our contentment and show us a whole new way of living that we've never known before because we're a whole new creature We've never lived before. 
And so he wants everything to be new when it comes into our lives. Everything. And he'll show you how to to ride upon the high places. He'll show you how to get over in your right mind real quick. He'll show you you can be worried and, and so certain that, that you got to go to dial 911 to get me some emergency care or something. He'll show you that it's all the devil anyhow. You got me? So God wants us to live out of the kingdom that is within. And so he, he's ordained this life for us. He's ordained it for us. So why don't you turn to Genesis chapter 15 and we'll talk about imputed righteousness, counted righteousness, and how faith is counted or interpreted spiritually as righteousness. So the spiritual interpretation of what we do, the decisions we make, and how we direct our faith, how we direct our confidence. Faith really is what you trust in and put confidence in. It's what you trust. So on our money, it's have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty three is on our money. Or 22. Have faith in God. In God we trust. We have our faith in God. And only God. Genesis 15. Verse 1. It says after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying fear not Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Abram said Lord God what will you give me seeing I go childless. And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, "Behold, to me you have given." Abram said, "Behold, to me you've given no seed, and then one born in, in my house is my heir." And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, "This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come out of your bowels shall be your heir." And he brought him forth and said, Now look toward the heaven and tell the stars to see if you're able to number them. He said to him, So shall your seed be. So he says, I'm going to give you seed out of your own body. And they're going to be innumerable people to go on forever and ever. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So have faith in God translates as righteousness. Now in Abram's day, it was a little different because they did not have the new birth to make it available. See what the new birth did was gave, gave us a permanent access to that by faith. You got me? And so in the new birth, if you say if you get up uh, and you decide you got a headache and, and then you keep thinking about it, it turns into a migraine and then it turns into something else and something else and something else. You can think, oh wait a minute, I'm healed. And you went from unrighteousness, because your faith was not in God at that time, and you went over into righteousness because it's imputed to you in a different fashion with the new birth. It becomes a change your mind situation and you can step in it. In Abram's day, it was to make an offering to get back. Blood had to be shed every single time before this this was acknowledged by God and you could go on again. But God's mercy endures forever and mercy covers a lot of these things and his love covers a multitude of sins. 
but in a in a nutshell that's the difference between uh, life in Abram's time which was before the law where God was teaching him his ways so you'll see some similarities but you don't see the absolute until Jesus comes there must be uh, the coming of the Messiah to demonstrate the kingdom all of that so people could have their faith in the kingdom of God before it could be permanently imputed or a permanent endowment that we can step into and out of the way the the epistles tell us we we can and so Abram here is saying uh, he says and God counted it to him for rice now that word counted is is almost the same word as impute but it's got a different twist to it the word counted really means to weave into and plait into it like a braid so for instance you know if you see some of these ornamental hairdos that have ribbons planted plaited into a braid there's natural hair and then there's this other foreign substance that's put in there sometimes it can be hair but it might be hair taken from somewhere else it's all plaited in and woven in together so it really means a mixture of two uh, two separate or two different kinds of properties mixed in together and it really has an illegal connotation in the old covenant there's something woven in so it's like if you get cloth that's supposed to be 100% linen they might put a fabric in there that's not quite as expensive and it's woven into that deliberately but it can be undone in the new covenant where it's imputed but it can't be undone you got me it's forever it's permanent and so the in the old covenant that little bit of difference in the the way that word is interpreted means everything but in when Abraham worshiped God and turned to God it was in put his faith back in God again was imputed again and so there's a, a very very strong similarity there but it, it seems like it's always up to the imputer to be able to undo it or take it back see but God never did his mercy overrode any time he was so it's a difference slight but there and it's real because in the new birth we are born now of the spirit of God and that's what makes ours more in us and a part of us than than that the old way so to impute it and to count it is the same thing they mean to reckon to, the word impute means to count or to take an inventory mm -hmm. to tally up and and to suppose to think on somebody so really righteousness is what God thinks about us it's not what we think about us and it's not what the other guy thinks about us when we have our faith in God he imputes what he thinks about us and it's nobody else's business but his so when it's reckoned as righteousness and imputed as righteousness it's what God thinks about you so you need to catch up to what he's thinking you got me you catch up to what he's thinking and so in the word and that's 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 why our part is to meditate on these things and make them become a part of us so we can catch up to the way God thinks about us and then we live it out so Abraham's faith really carried him through barrenness widowhood remarriage sacrifice 
everything that challenged him he met with faith in God he went back to God and said God I'm back here again what's my next step I'm back here again what do I do same way we interact with God except we do it in a different way we don't have to go so far down the road or we don't have to make the extreme mistakes the Holy Spirit can caution us and quicken us and teach us and lead us and guide us so we have a lot of help with the new birth that he did not have back then so uh, so that's Abraham so he he had that braided threaded in plaited into his being and so it could become undone you see what I'm saying but us we can't become undone ours is imputed and that's the way God sees us that's the way he sees us it's not something you confess into being it's it's something that you have to accept by faith that God sees when I put my faith in God God sees me righteous he sees me beyond the curse he sees the curse broken he sees me whole he sees me healthy how long does he have to see me that way and as long as he wants to forever he sees you that way into eternity so in Matthew chapter 8 why don't we look at some examples of Jesus carrying out this faith in God that he talks about in Matthew chapter 5 <clears throat> see who we're dealing with here <laughs> Matthew chapter five. oh eight verse five I'm sorry uh. <clears throat> oh yeah it's a centurion okay all right Jesus entered into Capernaum and there came to him a centurion asking him Lord my servant lies at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented and Jesus said I'll come and heal him okay so by asking he put his faith in God that's where faith in him starts when you when when the Bible says that word ask really means to demand and it really means to uh, and see demand by your faith because faith really puts a higher level of confidence on the table than just asking it like you got somebody else you can ask you got me so when you put faith in God that puts a demand on God to respond to you with what you desire and he knows the difference he knows when you trust him. He knows when you get ready to go around the corner and ask somebody else because God didn't come through for you. You understand what I'm saying? He understands all of that. So that faith, when you put your faith, trust, confidence in God, you go no further. And he knows you're going no further. You got me? And so he responds in kind. He responds by saying, I will. And so here Jesus is allowing him to have as much faith in God as he wants that's what the blank check is it's the the amount the scope the that's determined by us 
if we want to be relieved of our suffering and healed when, when we ask God to heal us we go to God and we say God do you know I've got these symptoms in my body and your word says and then you you talk to God about it and you get an assurance a peace on the inside of you that the deal is done that it's sold it's solid and so righteousness comes into you in that request that you have made where God cannot renege he can't go back because you have put your trust over in him and you leave your trust over in him and your trust stays over in him and you fight the good fight of faith to keep it over there because if you ask for healing and and symptoms increase there's a tendency there to shrink back and say well it really wouldn't hurt to go to the doctor and see what they can do and I was listening to brother stone's uh, um CD on uh, where he gives his testimony about uh, his his um, healing of diabetes. That's been over twelve years ago. I counted the years. I know it was around. Uh, let me think. It was two thousand, two thousand two, something like that. Two thousand three. But it's it's been a lot of years now. And it amazed me because when you hear him share his testimony, it's just so simple. Amen. You know, if somebody told me to go do this, I did that. It's just simple faith, following the trail of faith. That's what I call it. Because you may, you may desire healing and, and then God says go to the elders of the church go to the pastor go wherever blah, blah, blah. and so at that time he had left his church he was under another pastor but he was coming to our meetings and so he came to and so he said he got a prophecy and he said I realized by his stripes I was already healed see and so when he got into the word and began to understand God he he said and he recognized that was true no matter what he felt see it's true all the time was true I remember also he shared that testimony I think it was Zona Hayes was was our speaker at that time and after he shared his testimony he he was uh, singing that song I think he ministered that song and then she got it when she was ministering she took it upon herself to say well I know he he's healed but you know he's got to do add a work to it you see what I'm saying now I understand why she's had the difficulty with her health she's had see that stuff will always what you believe is what you believe. It's a double-edged sword. If it works out there to bind somebody else in unbelief, it'll work to bind you in unbelief. You'll struggle for a little bit. But she was saying, well, that brother, he's still got to lose that weight. You know, he's got to lose weight. Well, she's as thin as a racehorse, but she's still sick, you know, most often on. So anyway, I, I, I took that as something just to pray about and observe. And I thought, I said, well, Lord, he's believing you. And so we're going to just take authority over those words. And you work that out with him. However, that needs to be worked out. If that's an issue, if that's a factor. And so I noticed that on his last album cover, he's now, what I guess would you would say, a normal weight for his height or something like that. Well, if that, was, if that weight 
loss was so crucial to him staying healthy, why didn't God take it off earlier? You understand what I'm saying? These things you have to understand. You got to understand when your faith is in God, he sees you as righteous. He doesn't see you as some glutton that needs to be punished because you can't stop eating and you got to be diabetic and you got to be all these things because, you know, you put your confidence in God to work this out for you and he's working it out for you if he can let these lying fornicating money stealing preachers stay in the church and have mercy on them certainly he can help somebody who's believing for a healing and get them 100% healed because I was thinking about that I said look at how the world condemns people and the world has no standards they don't have any standards of holiness. They don't have any standards of purity. They don't have any standards of anything. And they're willing to condemn you if you don't work out and you don't have a certain this and a certain that. You know, your body's going to deteriorate. And if you don't do this and drink wheatgrass and all this kind of stuff and, you know, eat raw vegetables and all this, all that stuff added on to will never make you righteous. That's not the same thing. We're not talking even about about the same thing well if it hurts too bad I don't care but this is nonsense he's already trusting God with his healing why would God kill him because of overweight this just makes no sense at all you're serving a God who's got good and evil on the inside of him you reach out what father if you ask for bread will give you a stone you ask for an egg he'll give you a scorpion now I'm not condoning sloppy living but it's not sloppy living for everybody you understand what I'm saying it's not that you don't understand people we don't understand ourselves and we don't understand God just like he, he sometimes people when they they want to heal healing in their body and they can be in discomfort yes. and God will help them walk it out trusting him day by day to get them free of pain unless they understand how to rebuke that and get authority over it so I have to live under it you can do that too but when God's got it and your trust is in him he's working it out for you folks he's working it out he's not he's not trying to to condemn you and hurt you because you won't do something right that's not this covenant this ain't the covenant we live in this is not that covenant folks this is where you have faith in God you put your trust if you trust him then you gotta understand he's working with you on it you don't have to beat yourself up and fight yourself and do all this nonsense just to, to you know, feel good about the fact that you've done something that, you know, come on now. This foolishness. It's not righteousness. It's what God thinks about you. You've got to settle in on what God thinks about you. He, he'd much rather take his time to help you. And, and get you to a place where you know you don't snack as much or you make better food choices or whatever it is you know he's, he's merciful he'll help you with those things you know just like he helped brother stone you know I was looking at it, he's never taken medication he got off that medication the first week that lady he said it was a woman doctor she gave me them pills and they was telling me I had to check this and check that and I said what no I'm gonna get me some scriptures I'm gonna <laughs> uh -huh. he just knew that wasn't for him him he refused it 
and he said there were some days where he really felt bad but he had to keep going because it was his faith was developing and he let God do it. He let God have the whole thing. He didn't worry about it anymore. You got me? So we, we've got to understand this, folks. That you, when, when God's got something, when he's handling it for you, you must let him handle it. You must. And you've got to fight this onslaught of worldly, carnal, sinful people putting their judgment on you. You know, that your, their judgment does not belong to you. It doesn't. It's not for you. When God looks at you, as long as you're trusting him, he sees you as righteous. So in uh, in this story, we said the centurion, where did we where did we leave with the centurion? I forgot. Oh, he said, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy. Now, this is unrighteousness trying to creep back in. So you see that. You got me? This is something you have to be aware of. Whenever faith in God is expressed, the time between you express your faith and the time till you receive your promise, unrighteousness will make a play for your attention again. He's trying to get your faith back into the natural. You got me? So he says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But here God steps in to give him a second alternative to get it done you see if the first one doesn't seem to be working there's always another one Hmm? so the centurion said really Jesus I'd be embarrassed for you to come in my house you know I'm not a holy man I'm not worthy you know I'm not an Israelite sometimes these people Gentile people would always feel uncomfortable coming to Jesus because he came to his own you know and and that was well stated many times but also he came to honor faith in God and so when whenever faith in God was expressed he had to honor it and so in here where he says um, I'm a man under authority having soldiers unto me and I say to this man go and he goes to another come and he comes to my servant do this and he does it and Jesus heard it he marveled and and, and said to the people who were standing around he said I say to you I have not found so great faith no not in Israel I hear this man he taps into why this man didn't want him in his house see? and he rebukes the Israelites you got me here's a centurion thinking I have no right to ask you I'm not a Jew in other words I don't have the setup you know to wash the hands and the stuff and the you know I don't have my star David on the wall and you know all that kind of good stuff that they have and you know all the relics and stuff he says and so Jesus addresses that and he says what I'm looking for is faith in God here it is again have as much faith in God as you want to have have faith in God that's all he's looking for he says I'm not looking for relics I'm not looking for birthright I'm not not looking for historical uh, uh, historical claim on God he said I'm looking for somebody who believes God today who believes him right now who's expressing uh, faith in God right now and so the centurion figured out from the beginning how he was going to get Jesus to heal this guy he says I can't invite him in I don't know all the stuff to do to have a rabbi in my house to have a holy man in my house 
he says, but I, I know how he does this. So this is why I'm asking. So he asked him on the basis of faith to begin with. He knew Jesus was going to deliver the goods. That's what faith in God is. You gotta know God will deliver. He'll come through for you. That's what, it, that's what confidence in God is. And he says the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness and they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He says, and, and you will sit down, you know, and others like you with Abraham and, and, uh, you know, with the patriarchs of the faith uh, before these will because they refuse to have faith in God. So faith in God is the bottom line. See? And when we start thinking that we're not worthy for some reason, if that's not cleared up and that stays out there, that weakens our faith in God. That's all it is. Is just, you know, it's the devil come and throw you a curveball and say, you know, you you haven't been taking care of yourself. You haven't been living right. You haven't been eating right. You haven't been. Doing. There's always something that's coming from the world to bombard you, to make you think you have to accept sickness, weakness, uh, uh, bondage, any kind of anything that's trying to take hold of you and not let you be free. And so, uh, you know, God, though, has a way to take care of this. And you see this in the ministry of Jesus. Whenever faith was expressed in him, he holds on to that faith and he strengthens it and he keeps working with the person to make sure they remain in faith, not lose it. He does not want you to lose faith. So as our intercessor, and the Bible says he forever lives to make intercession for us. And so as our intercessor, he is working hard to help us maintain faith in God. Don't pull your faith. Don't pull the plug on your faith and go plug it up into the natural world where there's no help for you. Keep your faith plugged into God. So you know that Jesus will see you walking by and trip over the wire and it'll come out of the plug. He go right back and plug it back in again to keep us plugged into faith in God. So, and it says here that servant was healed as they were speaking from that self-same hour. Uh, the time when, when he was talking to Jesus about it. When God, Jesus spoke that word. And so he was healed from that self-same hour. Just as this man believed. Just as his faith believed. According to your faith be it unto you. So great faith is what we get. That's our part to keep in trusting God. To hold on, hold on, hold on. And make our faith greater. When your faith is tested to slip. And it grabs, hold again. That's greater than it was before. You got me? So it's because it's passed through a trial of temptation. It's passed through a trial of somebody wanting you to let go of the promise. So once it passes through that trial, it becomes greater and greater again. In Mark chapter 5, we have another example. This is the um, ruler of the synagogue. With a daughter who, when he first came up to Jesus, the daughter was merely sick. Amen. Praise God. Let's stay focused here, guys, okay? Thank you. Praise God. In Mark chapter 5 and verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, many people gathered to him. 
and he was near the sea and behold there came one of the rulers of the synagogue Jairus by name and when he saw him he fell at his feet and besought him greatly saying my little daughter lies at the point of death I pray you come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live now this is something that his faith is expressing to him faith always tells you how something's going to happen this is this this is how faith speaks to us like the woman with the issue of blood she said within herself it's what you say within yourself that's important and these utterances are made by the spirit of faith that's schooling you and talking to you and teaching you how to get results in God and so your your faith teacher on the inside is constantly schooling you if you'll listen to how to get things how to get the results God wants you to get how to have success in God and so you don't need anybody's formula you don't need anybody's anything you need you need your your faith to be stirred and to be stirred up and you need to hear good testimonies and so forth to inspire your faith but you need the teacher on the inside to reveal these things to you and let you know what's what and so this man that that uh, when he came he came asking and at that time he put his faith in God to this degree Jesus I see you in in the spirit of faith I see you coming to my house I see you touching my daughter and I see her getting up from being sick that was the scenario so when when Jesus sets out to go and and pray for this girl do what the guy says you know he's willing because once you put your faith in God Jesus has it it's worked out according to what the spirit of faith told this man Jesus could do and Jesus says yeah I can do that and I'm going to come and do it and so there's an agreement here that that your faith is now in God you're trusting God you put it over in his hands it's not up to the doctors anymore it's not up to your prayers anymore it's not up to your your confessing anymore it's not up to anything anymore except God's got it now you put your faith in God and that's where you want it to remain in the meantime they get on interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood we'll talk about her later but if you drop down to verse 36 I think is where it picks him up again as soon as Jesus uh, well verse 35 while he was yet speaking to this lady who came up and grabbed a healing from him there came a ruler of the synagogue uh, from his house somebody came from the house and said your daughter's dead now, if you hear those words coming to you about a child of yours you you're not going to just just take it them things hit you you know hits you with a shock and he says don't trouble the master any further that was one of his peeps you know sometimes people aren't really with you in faith this is why you have your own covenant with God see the people that were at the house knew he was 
he was going to go and talk to Jesus about getting a girl healed. You think they would have prayed? You think they would have held on to faith? When he got to the house, they started the funeral already. And he says here, why trouble the master any further? As soon, as soon, as soon, as soon, as soon as Jesus heard doubt being spoken in your ears, he came with a word to strengthen your faith. As soon as the devil comes, once God's got something, he fights with you for it. You're not in this by yourself. Once your faith is in God, he fights with you for it. He will counsel you and tell you the right thing to do. Now, whether you do it or not, it's on you. That man could have easily said, well, she's dead. I'm not going. But he bucked up and he obeyed God. Jesus said to him, don't be afraid, only believe. In other words, in this situation, a little bit of doubt is not okay. A little bit of hesitation ain't all right. He said, believe only. That means just have faith in me, nothing, add, don't add nothing to it, don't take nothing from it. Just get right back where you were before, trust me. The reason Jesus... did this why did Jesus not just go with him and let that lady take care of herself she could have waited she could have waited until he got back and he'd start preaching again sister we have a three o'clock service He knew he would need this man to have more faith than he had when he came up to him to begin with. Whenever your answer is delayed, it's because the faith you're exercising, you put all the faith you have in God. But in order for that thing to get delivered to your house, you got to, you're going to need more spiritual muscle than you exert it to do the asking. That's true with anything you get from God. It's true with anything. You can't just say, I asked one time and that should be it and I'm waiting for God to bring something here. And your mind's full of doubt. And you're, that's even a doubt statement right there to a degree. It's, it's, it's a weak statement. But Jesus knew this man's faith would have to be tested for the degree of difficulty of the, the um, answer coming through. These answers have to be pressed through resistance in the realm of the spirit. If you could see the hordes of hell fighting over your children. If you could see the hordes of hell fighting over your finances. If you could see the hordes of hell fighting over everything that you get. You know you got to have plenty of faith to pull it in. And you also got to have faith to maintain it. See that father needed a degree of faith where when that little girl got sick again. He wouldn't go off thinking. This was it again. You understand what I'm saying? That 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 thing had to be killed at the root. Just like the, the fig tree cursed at the root. Whatever was supporting and accepting illness for her had to be killed in him. So that that girl can get up. And how do you, how do you make any muscle stronger? It meets resistance. It has to meet resistance or it will not get stronger. I was thinking about that. I was on the exercise bike. I said, now I got about the the uh, easiest thing in here. 
to work on and i didn't want to i said if they could do something to speed up put some uh what put a motor on the pedals or something (laughs) i'd have it made anyway (laughs) but you know it wouldn't do what do what i needed it to do so we just go along with the program but uh yeah so he 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 stops to strengthen this man's faith before they go to the site when this man gets to the house he's got to be strong enough to get past the mourners another translation says they're bringing casseroles already huh they're ready to have the after dinner hmm some people can't can't wait for the funeral to be over so they can get to the fried chicken in the after dinner yeah that's true go to the grave site they throw the dirt on real quick wait we gonna meet (laughs) (laughs) so when you put your faith in God Jesus had already granted this man his answer he said I will come and heal on the way there he sees this man's faith being disturbed with fear and he puts the fear to rest. When, when somebody tells you your child is dead, how do you get beyond that? You get beyond it by the supernatural faith of God. This isn't just asking in your normal faith. This is a faith that's taken over now. That's a higher, much higher level of faith than you had when you asked. The fact that he's had to wait has not weakened his faith. It has strengthened his faith. Huh? I'm telling you anything you have to fight for you want to hold on to it you don't just you know (laughs) you don't just easily give it over to somebody if you've had to exert some some faith and some muscle to get it so he goes to the door and then he meets more resistance so here's the lady with the issue here's the guy coming from the house saying she's dead and then the mourners on the porch so this all these tests of his faith must be met by just holding on you don't have to do nothing exotic. You don't have to confess the word more. You don't have to sit under the word more. You don't have to do anything more. All you need to do is whatever you need to do to hold on, you hold on. You're holding on to what God's told you. You're keeping what He's His word and pondering in your heart and making it precious. It's something that's precious to you. This is not some faith game where you come in and compare notes with everybody and see who got the most something off of God this week. This isn't that. This is your relationship with God and you understanding how to live in this evil, sinful, hateful world that hates you and God and do it with joy and with peace. And you know, you got to have something to, to do all of that, folks. Either, if not that, you're going to be over there with them doing their thing. So when, when, unrighteousness starts to try and step in again in the way of fear evil report whatever it is say you got symptoms you go to the doctor you find out they think it's you thought it was just a head cold and they try to tell you you got a polyp somewhere and a polyp got a daddy and that daddy got a daddy you understand it goes on and on and on and so when the evil report starts to pile up you've got to put your faith back in God and for some 
reason when your faith is in God you get the sense that that thing that was a minute ago was this big you see it has withered and you see it's come right down to where God cursed it and where it's no longer powerful against you where five minutes ago when the doctors talked to you your world had come to an end but see when you put your faith back in God you see things the way righteousness makes you see them right you see right you think right you have right wisdom in you you have right understanding in you right according to who according to truth according to God who is in control that's what the faith of God sees and when you're in righteousness nothing can hinder you you don't feel like anything's against you you don't feel like you got something you got to do or God won't do something you don't feel legalistic righteousness makes you feel like whatever it is was against you has withered and shrinking away it's nothing now because God's got it and he's taken it for you I'm telling you you're going to have as much faith in God help yourself to as much faith in God as you want because in that faith is everything you need it's imputed righteousness which makes it, it you see yourself like God sees you he does not see somebody who can succumb to illness he does not see somebody who's on this deathbed he does not see somebody who can't recover he does not see somebody who's deteriorating but he sees somebody who's getting stronger every day as you get older the bible says your outer man may be trying to perish but your inner man is being renewed so begin to think with your inner man and let your inner man begin to minister to you and talk to you and get off of the things that are binding and hindering you because they are not for you as a child of God you have a right to as much faith in God you can believe God for as many things as you want to do as much as you want and go as far as you want it's up to you amen father we thank you for uh, giving us understanding of your word and giving us power to do the word power to get wealth power to get health power to get overcoming power power to have a sound mind power to have a sound body to reproduce and to reproduce after our own kind to increase in every way we thank you for that father for good relationships godly relationships and truth in our inward parts in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 praise God if you need prayer come on up I'll pray for you